Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this. Um, these words on this paper that you um, have planted in my heart and somehow got on paper. I'm so grateful. I thank you for this opportunity and I pray that um, for me and for the people in the room and the people listening online that you would um, awaken us and do something within our spirits through this message. Amen. Oh, let's go. So, um, Pastor Dave Gilpin from Metro Church in Australia. He's a guy that I follow on Instagram and he's an absolute hoot and I just love his straight up approach to um, just life and being a follower of Jesus and I replied to his story this week because I'm really good at that um, and said, I'm preaching this week, any tips? And this is what he said, preach what you think and why you think it, then add scripture to it, it will therefore show your heart and be brilliant. So probably not the advice that everyone would give, but it really freed me because I thought, I was trying to think, what am I going to preach about? What am I going to preach about? And yes, I do normally ask Jesus what to preach about. So um, yeah, and I was thinking, because often I kind of want to find a parable or a story or a life story that relates to a scripture. But anyway, and then through a series of other social media stuff and messages, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm talking about. So I'm talking to you today about the Great Commission, um, which is our mandate. Do you guys know about that word mandate? It's just been rolling around one news or stuff.co.nz for the last two years, mandate, mandate, mandate. Well, I want to tell you that this is also our mandate. So we should be used to that word. Do you know what the word mandate means? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Let's play a board game. No, um, <laughs> sorry. Our mandate, mandate means an official order to do something. Okay, so what is the Great Commission, you might be asking? In Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Thanks, Michael. As Jesus was getting ready to ascend, he spoke this to his disciples on Mount Galilee. In Jesus, verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, like I said, this is our mandate. It's not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. What um, Charles Swindle says, whatever we do, we must not treat the Great Commission like it's the Great Suggestion. What is a disciple, you might be asking? It's a follower of Jesus. And to follow means to go or come after a person or a thing proceeding. So we've all been called. It's not a matter of whether we've been called or not but a matter of when we're going. We talk of the second coming, and half the world has never heard of the first. You are living for a cause greater than yourself. 
Don't be, don't be concerned about members in church. Jesus said he will build his church. Be concerned about making disciples and then you'll have a church. Make disciples, even if it means adding one person this year. Start small. Do not despise the small beginnings. Pastor Phil says making disciples is the end game. Disciples are not born, they are made. And I just want to make a shout out to Pastor Phil. He has a new book called Disciple coming out on ebook available 30th of November. I haven't read it, but I am going to order it and I think it'll just be amazing because this is the heartbeat of C3 is um, salvation is the true north. Um, and this is clearly because it's our mandate. So I'm going to give you four ideas that will help you make disciples. Are you ready? Okay. First idea, invite. More people than you think are waiting for an invite. We often get content or comfortable with our group of friends or work colleagues because the fear of ruining that or changing it keeps us from being open to asking. Especially if you've been in a work environment or a friend group for a few years and no one even knows you're a follower of Jesus. Ouch. But don't make it about you. It's only awkward or weird if we are making it about us. Invite. Don't give up. The answer might be no. Stay persistent and patient. Ask again. I can think of two situations in the past year where, um, number one, my cousin invited herself to church, and I was like, oh my goodness, why didn't I invite her? Like, she was my only family at the time living in Wellington. She's now moved to Hamilton. Um, but I was like, that was a moment. Like, I could have invited her, but she invited herself. I've got another friend, we've got other friends that invited themselves to church, and I thought... We could have invited them. They would have said yes. Like, it's actually... So this has kind of, like, made me think, man, like, people are just waiting for an invite. So invite. Um, number two, the second idea is be real. Often people around us think Christians think they are perfect and everyone else is sinners. Be vulnerable. Share your struggles, but even more. Share how Jesus helped you through. Third idea, number three, ask questions. Rather than feel the need to preach, seek to understand, to learn, to hear their hearts, so you can communicate with them better. God is relational, and there is no cookie-cutter approach to connecting. Idea number four, social media. Well, sharing Jesus on social media is awesome. Be intentional. Keep it real. Keep it you. Keep it personal and applicable if conversations come up. Share a thought, a song, a miracle, and answer to prayer. Did you know that people are watching, even if they leave you at scene, and if they don't comment or react or emoji or whatever, double tap on Instagram this is, it could be the key that unlocks the next conversation. And I'm certainly not suggesting 
that you engage in posts on social media in this current climate because that's dangerous. I'm saying like just share like a photo of your tomatoes and say something like, grow where you're planted. You know, like, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this big, long-winded, you know, half the Bible post and, yeah, photo of tomatoes. Simon's not here, but he can listen to this later. But just keep it you. Like, and I'm not saying you have to use social media. This is just an idea. And I'm saying this because this is what I do. Um, but it is. It's a cool tool. It doesn't have to be like this big bad thing that's out there. Everyone's on it. Everyone's using it. Get amongst it. Use it for good. And have some fun with it. Anyway, it's not about how much you know. <laughs> so that was my four ideas. So it's not about how much you know. You don't need to be a theologian whatever the, that word means, but you don't need to be a theologian. <laughs> you just simply need the will to reach out in love and a willingness to obey the mandate, a willingness to follow Jesus and not become stuck or stagnant. Start conversations. Be okay saying, I don't know, and choosing to navigate those questions with them. Start the journey. Don't be complacent. Become an activated believer. The Great Commission is not confined to a Sunday service. Going back to um, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, go into all the world. A question for you, are you going into all of your world? We can't wait for the world to come to us. We must go. We must be active. It doesn't necessarily mean we need to cross the sea because obviously we can't in this climate, but crossing the road to talk to your neighbour could be a good start. In Luke 10, verse 2, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. And I don't know about you, but I've heard this over and over and over. The harvest is plentiful, the harvest is plentiful, the harvest is plentiful. And then often I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. Like the harvest is plentiful. Like you need to be reminded that it is, there are people out there, and we've talked about this, and this is so um, the core of our being. Like there are people out there drowning. There are people out there that might have heard of Jesus, but they need you to invite, to talk to, to pray, to smile. Um, they need to know um, Jesus. I mean, you do. It's kind of rude not to share him, really. Don't keep him to yourself. He's to be shared. There's plenty of him to go around. He doesn't run out. Often people will say, are you trying to convert me? No. You can say, I want you to follow Jesus with me. Fulfilling the Great Commission is what fires me up and gives me purpose. Um, I'll just share a little bit about what I've been involved with um, for those of you that haven't heard or aren't aware. Um, I actually think before I... I actually think we as Christians slash disciples, followers of Jesus, need to grow up a bit and remind ourselves that we have Jesus and we have the tools and the ability to get us through. We are surrounded by a multitude of people that have never experienced Jesus, never experienced true peace, true forgiveness, 
true relationship, true love, the list goes on. Personally, I love conversations and opportunities to talk with people that need Jesus. I do almost anything I can to start a conversation. It's true. I've always had a desire to extend my experience to those around me. I have been involved in so many community projects from a young age. I've done Friday night food handouts and chats. This is when in Tauranga I was so young and it was such a late night, which was hard for me because I'm not a night owl, but would get a van, would go to a bakery, pick up their leftovers, make milos, and just literally stand on the strand. I don't know if you've been to Tauranga nightlife, but would just stand down there and hand out milos and cold pies and have these emotional teenagers telling us their life stories. And it was never about preaching. It was just being, loving, and being an ear and listening, and I loved that. I've done, um, you know, training for, I think it was called Operation... It is Jerusalem. I was going to say Joshua, Jerusalem. <laughs> um, so I've done, like, youth camps um, where we've run kids' programs and then hung out with the drunk youth at night um, and multiple youth camps as a leader. Um, I started... Um, we lived in Fidianga for 11 years and I started up an non-charity organisation. I think that's the right word anyway. It was called Generous... Um, and we did um, huge clothing um, sales for the community. Everything was $2. All of that money went to um, Christmas hampers. We'd do about 20 Christmas hampers um, for our community. Um, we would do house makeovers. Um, we did so many house makeovers. We did one for a lady that was dying of cancer um, and had three sons, and we repainted. Sorry. We like painted her house, redecorated it, new duvet cover, because she was pretty much stuck in bed. And did all her veggie gardens for her, and it took days. And we did another one where we found all sorts of stuff we probably shouldn't have found in this young couple's house, holes in walls and stashes of stuff. And, um, but it was just such a, it was these things, I just love doing things like this. Um, and I started up Toddle Rock. <sighs> Keep it together. Um, <laughs> oh. So Toddle Rock, I guess the name kind of says what it is. You rock around the clock, no. Um, it is for preschool children. It's a little bit like mainly music, but Toddle Rock sounds way cooler. Um, and we would have 70, 70 people turn up every Friday. Like all these mums, grandparents, dads, caregivers, foster parents, you name it, um, with their kids and... It's still going to this day, which is super cool. All of that to say, I feel so alive and useful when I'm in a position to love on others for no gain. When we moved here, 
almost six years ago, we had that culture too. We were involved in Tumiki Taita, in Christmas in the park, volunteering where we were asked. And I actually think it's in all of us to partake in loving those outside the four walls of the church. It's amazing when we've had these opportunities, who turns up? Everyone wants to turn up. Everyone wants to play a part. Also, it's so surprising how many businesses get involved to sponsor or donate or, you know, when they have the why. Sorry, I'm quite emotional because this stuff matters to me and it's the thing that I just, I miss it. Um, I went to the doctors this week and, oh no, last week, anyway, went to the doctors as you do with children. And, you know, they have to ask you, do you have any symptoms? Sorry, I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but do you have any symptoms? Have you, are you waiting for a test? Have you been in isolation? Have you been in contact with anyone? And I stood there and went, no, no, no. And she goes, no, no, I've got to ask you the questions. I said, okay, because she actually legally has to ask me the questions. And then she said, this was the manager from, um, we have the loveliest doctors in Featherston. Um, the manager, she said, people have just been abusing us all morning. They've just been so rude. And because whenever I'm in there, I'm always, thank you so much. You girls are doing an amazing job. I'm so grateful. I never have to, the doctor's appointments never run over time. Like, it's amazing. Like, you walk in and literally, like, within two minutes, your doctor is there calling your name. And so I said, oh, that's so awful. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, you're doing such an amazing job. So I just built her up and encouraged her. So why I'm saying, telling you that is because I'm going to actually take them some baking this week. Um, yes, I'm taking someone baking. <laughs> so sweet. But um, because I just want to actually show them that I care and I'm so thankful for them. So you don't need to say, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like, it doesn't have to be about, I mean, that's cool if you want to do that. Do that by all means. But it doesn't have to be preachy, preachy, preachy. What it has to be is your tone and your language. That's enough. Okay, so there's, there's a, a tip for you, another tip. Anyway, I want to tell you that we need our boldness back. I used to be, believe it or not, I used to be the shyest, most timid, most insecure, most hyperly, like, hyperly, oh my gosh, most um, edgy, like, you know, get a fright. I don't know what you call that, but anyway, probably because of the things I've had to go through and see and deal with, but I honestly used to be, I would not talk. I was shy, I was definitely not confident, I was a, pretty much an insecure mess. Here I am. So I want to tell you that you need your boldness back. My heart is not to tell you off or make you feel stink. This message is just as much for me as it is for you. My heart is to remind myself and you of the words of Jesus. No one is excused from sharing the good news of Jesus. No one is let off the hook. In 1 Corinthians, my final scripture for the day, 9.16, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. 
Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So I'm almost done. I just want to say, engage your brain in thoughts when you get an opportunity to talk to someone, whether it's on the train, at a job site, in the office, at school, in a cafe, at sport, at the doctor, at kindy, etc. Engage your brain with the thoughts that this could be someone who needs what you have. Someone you can share the love of Jesus with. So pray for your day ahead. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities. Set yourself up and put yourself in positions of engagement. Show an interest. Share stories. Have a sense of wonder. Get excited again. Don't feel like you have to have it all together to share Jesus. Chances are you weren't all together when you met Jesus. And people aren't searching for religious perfectionism. People need relationship. So Pastor Steve's question to us last week was, what would church look like in a year from now if you were in charge? Thankfully, I'm kind of in charge. But my answer to his question is that we would be activated disciples and that we would have at least one new disciple following Jesus with us. So that is my message today. I hope it helped you. I know I'm stirred to, I mean, this, to be fair, inviting probably isn't something I've done recently, but I definitely have plenty of conversations and go out of my way and bend my neck and probably annoy people. Um, You know, as I said, the trolley boy, guys, he still works there. I went there on Monday. Um, No, he's not the trolley boy, he's the everything boy. He's still there. Um, But look look for opportunities. And I know some of you are working from home still, and it's a crazy time we're living in. But there are still opportunities. So um, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the Great Commission. God, you've told us, go into all of the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. God, we want to be, we are those people. And we are, this message is for us. God, help us. Help us to just become activated believers again. God, it never ends on us. I pray we would never make it about us. There's a world out there of hurt, broken people that need you. God, would you remind us again. Jesus, remind us of the of just like how we need you. Man, there's a whole world out there of people that need you. God, we want them to follow you with us. You know, it's the end game. Eternity. When we get, like Pastor Steve prayed or uh, sung about today and prayed, you know, when we get to see you face to face. And we get to see all these faces that we're like, oh my gosh, you're the person on the train. Oh my goodness, you're the person from the doctor. Oh, you're the person from the supermarket. God, that's our heart and our desire. Remind us again. Give us our boldness again. Help us to invite 
to have conversations, to have eye contact, to engage with people. Let our lives just imitate you, Jesus, as we follow you. We worship you. We thank you. And help us going into this crazy season of Christmas and school holidays and even meeting with family that don't know you. Jesus, help our eyes to be open and our ears to be open and just give us listening hearts and give us wonder again. Excite us again to just the thought of one new disciple in here. Like I I just pray that you just awaken our souls again, Jesus. This is not about us. This is a command. Jesus, we choose to obey this amazing mandate. If we're going to obey any mandate, this is the one we really want to obey, and this is the one we really must do. So Jesus, help us. Put people in our paths that, yeah, because I know, I know, I know, I know, and we've talked about this a lot, but help us to, to do and to follow and to be active. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.